so normally we'd have a long intro, but this famous quote kind of says it all. Hmm, chicken good. Today's episode, chicken. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brian. And we're hungry and ready to eat. Alright, chicken. What is there to say about chicken? Um, 8,000 years ago, chickens were domesticated in Southeast Asia, spread to China and India about two to 3,000 years later. Um, but honestly, let's go back a little bit farther than that. And when I say little, I mean a lot farther. Um, chickens are kind of like dinosaurs. Kind of, yeah. Um, or are. Are dinosaurs. Little, just little dinosaurs with wings. Uh, there's probably more and more science pushing that way as history goes forward and moves um, in that direction. But what is there to say about chicken? Um, I said it in the intro, but chicken, good, right? Um, it's everywhere. I think I saw a stat saying that there are like 33 billion chickens um, in the world today. And that like outnumbers obviously our population by a crazy amount. So lots of chickens. And that means that we also eat a lot of chickens. Um, I'm sure chickens are also used for the large industry for eggs, which we'll cover on some other episode. Um, But yes, chickens. So the chicken comes first before the egg. Uh, It depends on, yes. I mean, for us, (laughs) chickens do come before the egg. Brian, you just... You just answered the age-old question. No, the, the actual answer to that is the egg came first. But for oh, this, we don't want to get into first. that, do we? <laughs> Science! Um, all right, so let's get into the general, um, the, the real start of our, our podcast, Brian. And uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. The first one is, how does chicken appear? How, uh, what are its forms? I think... For the most part, chicken shows up from whole all the way to every single part broken down. You can buy a whole chicken, like recently alive whole chicken, whole chicken in like the butterball kind of like bag. (laughs) You can buy it like broken down where you get just the breasts, just the legs. You can buy chicken necks, chicken heart, gizzards. You can buy chicken feet. You can buy skinless, boneless, ground chicken. You can buy the cartilage. You know, you can buy it processed into a little shape that looks like a boot and all those different types. I like the ones in the shape of a boot. I think the boot's the best flavor. The, boot, the boots. What are the other shapes? I don't know. It's like, what, an oval? And I want to say something that's diamond-ish. I bet you they were trying to, like, mimic some version of, like, a chicken piece. But uh, the boot is... Is the best because it. I think it gets the best dipping kind of like angle. Okay, so. <laughs> but yeah, processed. It processed. That's that's one of the big ones. And you can also buy just the bones. So literally every part of this bird, you know, it'll be broken down and sold to you almost anywhere. That's right, and you know, and I, I um, I mean, I, I forget that, right? I think like you know the common ones: thighs, breasts, wings. Uh, whole chickens, but yeah, I definitely don't see cartilage very often. Um, and you know, I 
I tend to forget that you could just get bones at the store too. So those those that's a good reminder. Um, I think you see more of it closer to like Thanksgiving. You'll see them in little containers because I think a lot of people may use it to supplement gravies or stuffings. You'll oh. see those on the sides, like chicken hearts, chicken liver, the chicken necks. Like I all of a sudden, realized that was a thing. Of, that, that's like a seasonal thing. I don't. I mean, I think it depends, but I know in a lot of places I'll see it more in November and December than like the middle of July. Although, depending on the store, you know, you can buy like just chicken skin or just the hearts. Okay. Well, oh, just the chicken skin. That's oh yeah. That's I mean a good one. So crunchy. Okay, so when you buy it though, um, you know how exactly do you personally buy, it and how do you know that you're getting quality chicken? I think generally, chicken. You know, if you see it sold in the United States, it has to go through like a inspection. I mean, they're massive farms. You know, they're they're trying to check for all the kinds of diseases that can come out of this so a lot of those inspected ones will have different ratings kind of like food grade kind of ratings on it i think there's like farm raised organic pasture free range those are the various kind of like styles that you're going to see it which one do you get brian i am i i (laughs) i'm kind of limited in the sense that i think like the shop that i go to there's only like one option of like a whole chicken when i can get it and i'll just buy it i don't have like oh i'm comparing two different kinds of whole chicken so yours is like what's here yeah i get yeah pretty much and then there's like a bag of like bones that i'm buying which i'm like i have no label on this so you never shop around you're like oh you know what this you know at this store there's this chicken at this store there's this chicken you're like you're at a store you get the chicken it's there you don't you know that's it i shop around in the sense of at this store there's a whole chicken and i can't find a whole chicken at any other store oh okay so i'll buy a whole chicken from that place and at this store i can buy chicken wings and at this store i can buy like the chicken hearts and i can buy the bones or i can buy the chicken feet it's not like i can go to like three different stores and be like i'm comparing prices on chicken feet because i can't you just know that specific places that you go to kind of has what you want so that's why you go there yeah which i mean in some ways is kind of similar to me i i basically only I, i don't know if i've bought chicken almost from any other place in a while and what is this place? Other than, <laughs> you know, the source of all um, large quantity goods and many times wasted and, and if you're not doing things uh, carefully, is a Costco, right? Like I'll buy large packages of chicken. Usually I do get like the the paired frozen chickens mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, if possible. Uh, I used to get like the big th- pack of thighs of chickens and – with bone in, thinking that and skin on, because one, I mean, like I want the skin, and two, I was like, if I break down these chicken thighs later on, I get the bones as well. So it's like a double, you know, use out of one product. Um, they actually have air dried chicken. See, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's. I go to Costco like once a week. So is it sold <laughs> in like one of those like bags where it keeps the air around it or is it like a vacuum seal bag or is it like hanging in the in the kind of like refrigerated and you have to order it directly from the butcher and then they kind of it's it's still like it for you. in the packages okay like okay the, the you know um because i'm just thinking like air dry aged beef where it's like you can see it and then they cut it and they have to like trim it and then give it to you they're not trimming the chicken no i, I think the big thing that you get out of these and this is how they advertise it is that um I think it's supposed to be like a, a better product in general because when you 
have the ones that are not air dried and you take them out of the packages, uh, they end up being kind of like somewhat slimy because all the, the diaper. Yeah, it's it's just there's always a chicken diaper. Yeah, it's under like the cutlets. It's, it's trying to soak up it's all at this the stuff. Bottom and it's just like I don't need to have pampers on this chicken. But it doesn't no do a good job necessarily all the yeah. time, and and you get like really wet, slimy chicken as it comes out. But the air dry ones, like I bought it, I was like, oh wow, these are more expensive, but it does feel like you're. It feels like you're getting a higher quality product. I can't attest to it. I haven't probably done like a, a side by side comparison. Uh, but yeah, the other way that uh, I would buy these is actually already roasted at Costco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In fact, I literally just bought it like last week. I bought a whole entire roast chicken and I thought, man, I can't wait to eat this. And after four days, I'm like, how do I still have like a half a chicken left? Like there's just so much Costco, so much chicken. They're they're heavy. They're huge. It's crazy. Every time I've gone to Costco in the past few trips, I have not been able to snag one before it's taken. You know, they'll have like a line forming, waiting, and then they come out. And you know how many chickens are because you can see them roasting and then they'll just, they'll be gone. And I'm like, I don't have the time for this. Well, I, I mean, in terms of like, how do I buy it while I'm there? I do kind of have a way that I've, I, I get my Costco chickens when they're roasted. Right. And, um, I'm like a value guy. And you go for the biggest chicken? Yes, I do. And I, I, the one where I see that the chicken is hitting the lid. Yes, you yes, know? yes. Like whenever I see a chicken that is like not hitting the lid, I'm like, eh, what the fuck? Yeah, you don't want to take space. this one. Like maybe actually they just press down that lid more. I don't know what it is, but I want the, I want You the want chicken. that container as full. Yes. Yeah. It's, I would, I used to do it by like weight. Like this feels like the heaviest. Mm-hmm. But I felt like you took so much time, someone would take the other one. Like you really have to be like, I see it, I want it, right. I got it. Right. Now it's in that order, um, and also if it's kind of like on the the browner side versus the kind of pale side, because I feel like when you have like that darker color, it usually means more of my reaction, a better overall flavor of the skin. Um, I've never had a dried out Costco chicken before, so it's not like. If someone said, like, oh, the darker it is, maybe like it dries out. I'm like, no, I don't know if you ever had a Costco chicken. They're not dry. Um, they're the opposite of dry. Uh, but, yes, that's that's how I, I I know quality chickens at Costco. Um, now, what are the basic ways that you usually see chicken being prepared? You know? Yeah, so Costco is like the rotisserie roasting style. Um you also have that is that is basically the hottest way to cook it, and then you have. Wait, what do you mean the hottest? You mean with heat, the highest? Temp- yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you'll have it like roasting is like really high heat. You're just kind of blasting it. You want like the whole thing on all sides. That's why rotisserie really benefits that. What are we saying? Like four twenty five, four hundred degrees? Yeah, it's like I mean, depending on like the size of the bird, it's mm-hmm. going to take a different amount of time to get through. But generally, that's like the hottest you're kind of cooking it, and then baking. You're cooking it at like a much slower rate, so you're not gonna get that crispy skin, but you get like more tender kind of meats because it doesn't like accelerate so quickly through the temperature range. That's so interesting because I most of the time do not differentiate baking from roasting. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And that's from the food science guy too, right? So like, thank you <laughs> for bringing it up. No, roast roasting. Think about like. Like on a spit over fire, although technically that's closer to grilling, but like really, really hot. And then like low and slow bake is like, okay, I'm going to let, I'm going to have a, I'm going to let the oven take over the work and I'm let it kind of go. And then you have grilling, which is basically like over hot heat. 
So you have like the barbecue skewers kind of stuff. Barbecue is like a little bit different where you have like a lower heat. It's kind of more offset. So technically barbecue, you get some smoke in it. And then you have smoking, which is like even more temperature offset and more smoke. And like as the temperatures go down, the cooking times increase. Mm. Right. So you have like both of them kind of cycling through that the roasting and baking hotter to cooler and then grilling and then barbecuing uh, and smoking. And then you have like sauteing, which is like I'm cooking in a pan. I'm either going to move it quickly, like how you do in like a wok or like it's going in the skillet. It's frying and then I'm going to flip it once. And then you have like submerging in like full oil, which is like frying, like the deep frying. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then you have basically cooking not in oil, but like in water, which is like poaching, where you're like, I'm not bringing it to a boil. And then you have really aggressively boiling it, which you might do, like dumplings or if it's not whole. And then you have like braising, which is like, I'm compromising between everything that's going on. I'm like going to bake it with liquid, but not fully submerged so that it kind of like works through everything and like the last one really is like steaming where you're like it's never going to get hotter than like boiling water but it's also not going to be in it to lose it what about the last one brian dehydrating no i was going to say microwaving oh yeah i mean or would you say that if you're microwaving something and you have a lid on it or like you seal it in something then you're mildly steaming it as well Uh, i i would i would want to but i don't think i can really say it's going to come out like that although i uh, do you think anyone microwaves their chicken i know from raw from yeah yeah i mean really not intentionally maybe some intentionally oh like as they're thawing it yeah because there's always that setting because i think i mean correct me wrong but i think like microwave like it's supposed to react specifically with like the water molecule Mm -hmm. so like chicken you know you can microwave it i just i mm. vibrating water molecules yeah i mean i'm sure you can if somebody out there has a great recipe in that like i really wonder what you're doing beforehand to get it there here's a question air fryer what what do you see that in this game oh air fryer is like roasting okay got yeah. it and you know just to you know, circle back you mentioned uh, a fair number of ways to prepare chicken you use different types of heat, and there's three different types of heat, right? There's um, conductive heat, uh, there's radiant heat, and there's convective heat. So conduction, radiation, and convection are three types that you used. Depending on, like, airflow, how it surrounds, if it's heat that's direct and transferring of energy, so um, all the good stuff. But, yeah, Brian, that was that was great. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about the many various ways that chicken can be prepared, but, you know, on a personal uh, level how do you usually prepare your chicken I suppose it's only really well okay maybe three ways I mostly poach my chicken like I'll put I'll buy a chicken hole and I'll poach it and then that does invariably lead to boiling the bones and, and getting to soup if I have the the time um, I might break it down and then kind of pan fry saute it like if it's like with other meats um i want to say like i sometimes try to roast it i've never been very successful at getting like a good roast on the chicken and having like the patience to wait through because like a really good roast chicken you know you kind of have to like brine it you have costco well okay (laughs) yeah so there's that yeah and it's like it's 
like so much they do it so much better than I but you know the best part about roast chicken is like when you get it right out of the oven and it's like still like hot and the skin is dry and still crispy Mm -hmm. like that is such a small window to get and to see well and especially when it's whole like I don't know how some places can cut the chicken and break it down and serve it I, I never get to it and then the skin's like not crispy and like it's the most disappointing thing so i try to like just avoid well, even attention especially when you like cut it and like there's juices flowing everywhere yeah and like if your knife isn't sharp enough or you don't like move something there's not enough skin on the thigh or there's like not enough skin on the breasts and when you go to like a professional like you know restaurant it, it's like perfect yeah right but uh yeah i'm like you um i used to do a lot of roast chickens like mm. in my college years and after college like i remember i used to prepare roast chicken for my friends and my family my housemates and it just got to a point where it's like okay so if this chicken costs me per chicken nine dollars and i start to put this work into it or i could go to costco and just buy a roast chicken like it's you know it, it's just time and money gets traded off right and you know the crazy thing i'm just gonna say like i you go to you go to safeway you can go to lucky's you can go to whole foods you go to all these different places to get roast chicken and they're all good roast chickens some of them are kind of dry though and they're all more expensive than Costco's, $4.99. So hard not to get that. Have um, you heard of, like, this idea of the proposal chicken? Uh, is, does it have to do with marriage? Yeah, a marriage proposal. It's the idea that there what? was, um, I guess, a recipe was circulated from this lady to her friends of, like, a roast chicken. And they all made it. And then, like, shortly after serving that with their their boyfriends they got engaged and so there was this whole idea that like this was like a way to like cement the relationship and elevate it to the next level how many people have i accidentally proposed to like no 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 not not serving it but that like you the the women made it for the the boyfriend and then the boyfriend proposed like as a result like oh this chicken's so good you know i'm gonna I'm just wondering, did I make a chicken that was so good that someone was like, "I want to propose." I'm gonna propose to you, Ryan. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe you stopped roasting chickens just one, one chicken too early. Oh my gosh, I could have found my soulmate. Where's my woman? (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think you did bring up something interesting. Is because the really hard part of cooking a lot of these is knowing breaking it down. Yeah, and if you made this perfect roast chicken. And mangle it afterwards. And then mangle it. It's almost so sad. But when it's done really well, it's like a sight to behold. You're like, wow, you cut all this? And it's still hot. And it's still crunchy on the skin. And, like, it's everything. And then on top of that, like, uh, roasting and baking chickens, you're dealing with the whole, like, Mm. white meat, dark meat. The whole, you want to get the white meat to, like, perfect temperature. 165. But dark meat, you have, it takes so much longer because all the connective tissues... And you have to get it to a higher temperature. And when you get the dark meat to the higher temperature, the white meat's overdone. And you're like, so like getting both of them perfect, art form, right? magical art form. I would say if someone can make that, don't lose them. I mean, I re- yeah, right. Keep them in your life. Looks like I'm going to have to start roasting some chickens and getting good at it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I remember roasting a chicken for the first time with my friends and then like being faced with the 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 responsibility of cutting it up and i was like oh my gosh like i've seen all the videos i've seen my mom do it right and and i remember doing myself and it was okay it was an okay cut but I, it, it's like finding 
the right area where the tendons or like the, the bone and the yeah. socket kind of meet and then cutting it correctly and not chopping through stuff. Or it could just be like, you know, straight uh, Chinese deli OG and be oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to cut this into small pieces and you're going to like bones. Yeah, as much as I love the Chinese deli guy for their ability to consistently break down a bird into like the exact same cuts every time I put it on the plate and organize it so it still looks like how it was. For me, having to pick up that piece of meat and then potentially get that little shard of bone I wasn't expecting I was just throws me that. off. I was just thinking that. And I'm just like, I'd rather... That's why I'll... Okay, so in Chinese cooking, there's this one particular dish where you basically poach the chicken and then you cut it bok chi kai. I was glad you, I'm glad you brought this up. It's You cut it, or I cut it, not when it's scalding hot, but when it's like just around room temperature it's like kind of chicken you know like all of those chickens where they they basically they poach it and they don't try to overcook it and then once it's come down from that range of like impossible it's like cut and generally it's like the breast is taken off and cut and the the leg meat is like cut and served so that you can just sit there and be like i can enjoy this piece of meat knowing i'm not gonna have a surprise of a bone in my mouth they knew we were lazy yeah i'm okay with that I can consider that high class kind of cuisine. High class lazy. I yeah. like it. Uh, but yeah, going back to it, I, I, I'm like you. I like poaching my chickens now that I'm like, okay, roasting it. I'm just going to buy it Costco roasted. Um, I do, when I do buy like uh, bone in, skin on thighs, I'll just kind of, I'll do like a quick uh, roast of that or bake. I'm not really sure what I'm doing now anymore now that we went over those two terms. Um, but yeah, those are the two ways that I make my chicken. But should other people be able to poach chicken? Should they be able to roast chicken, Brian? I think so. I I mean, a lot of the recipes for chicken have been around a, a long time. So there's a lot of access to different techniques. You can make it super complicated. You can also do like really, really simple. Like when I poach a chicken, it's like three steps. Boil water, put chicken in. Boil chicken for 20 minutes, put lid on, turn heat off, bring it back to boil, put it in the fridge. Like, that's it. That's poaching a chicken. Uh, but you can also make it vastly more complicated. Some of the roast chicken recipes out there, super complicated. And some of them are just literally get the pan hot, put the chicken in the oven, right? It's really doable. You do have to have, I think, a, a cooking resource. It's, uh, I suppose, you could do you know, the microwave, but if you're yeah. doing smaller pieces, it's even easier because you're not going through the whole process of a, a huge bird. So I think it's very accessible, very easy. Yeah. It, it blows my mind that I saw an Instagram like video the other day or post, or maybe it was like TikTok and it got transferred to Instagram, whatever. Um, it was a recipe for salted salt baked chicken. Right. But it wasn't what I thought it was. It was the recipe was take chicken add salt on top roast and people are like that's my favorite way of making chicken like dang that's a great recipe i'm like that's a recipe that's just season your chicken and cook it yeah i mean i mean i guess you could have been like i'm not gonna put salt on it yeah exactly i was thinking like that's the only or i put salt on it and i forgot to cook it but uh yeah i mean which does make me say then like yeah anyone should be able to make chicken but like you said like deep frying chicken is not like as simple as they make it seem at restaurants, um, yeah. especially because some of the other hot styles, oil yeah, exactly. sucks when it gets on you. Um, so it, it depends on what your 
your final dish is going to be. But the simple stuff, like you said, poaching. And I, I don't remember if you um, talked about this in the different ways to prepare, but we didn't, if you did not say it, sous vide. Oh, yeah. Even easier. One. And it's literally like if you have the machinery and equipment to use it, it's put chicken in either Ziploc bag or like vacuum seal bag set to a specific temperature and forget it and it will not matter right like you get it to the correct temperature that chicken is at its perfect point and it doesn't go above it and you're good yeah right for those of you out there who are thinking ah i have to go buy a sous vide machine you should look up what kenji lopez put out he has a way to do sous vide without all those extra steps you basically just have an igloo you know cooler you put your meat in a Ziploc bag and then you fill the igloo cooler with like water and then you close the cooler because it's designed to like maintain a temperature and it depending on how large the cooler is and how large the meat is that you put right. in it you know the time that it'll hold that temperature is pretty predictable and so you can do this and so if you're like oh I don't have to go buy special equipment yeah you don't chicken doesn't require you to I mean you need a heating source but I would hope we all have access to that. But yeah, deep frying, you much more complicated. And you have the other stuff. But a lot of home cooks, I know, deep fry. Wow. Wow. Uh, I want to be friends with them. Yeah, me too. Introduce me. I'm going to be like, hey, are uh, you deep frying uh, chicken today? Like Brian said, you deep fry chickens a lot. And I'll be like, I'm over there. So in general, Brian, um, how do you usually see like chicken in, uh, in everyday life? Like, you know, these dishes. I think mostly I see chicken as like fried chicken, like, you know, out in the, the wild world. I think fried chicken has, has really been at the top. I yes. Think. Yes. Yes. I'm just going to interrupt you. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you then probably see versions of grilled chicken or roast chicken, um, Costco, you know, all, all the major kind of vendors I think have like roast chickens. I think a lot of them also have like, chicken skewers ready assuming that you're going to grill there's a lot of kind of like you know idea around that and then i think when you go into like restaurants you're running into a lot of like you know we're going to have a pan sear chicken or we're going to have a deep fried chicken or we're going to have like like they could sell like a baked chicken but you know they're they're probably going to fancy it up and but they're still selling like a roast chicken a baked chicken but they're probably going to get more people asking for like fried chicken. I, I think I see fried chicken almost everywhere. Even places with just randomly selling it. Dude, the stuff, fried chicken, I don't know. There's like a resurgence of fried chicken or like a, like if they had one or if there's just this genesis of fried chicken that happened like five or ten years ago. But there's so many fried chicken restaurants everywhere. Anything you could fry in a chicken, it's there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, technically, um, chicken feet are first deep fried right oh like there's there's two styles there's, of chicken feet so if you, you know. if you go to dim sum and someone wants chicken feet oh yes you might you might see depending on who you say i want chicken feet they might pick one or the other i've only seen one really well, yeah but so i think generally most people like it's the red one which has been deep fried and then there's like a sauce and then they steam it right and then there's like the white one yeah where it's been like blanched Put in ice water repetitively over and over till it gets this kind of crunchy and then it's slightly pickled. One requires almost no work and possibly no teeth. The other one is like, I am never going to get 
this chicken off of the bones. Like it's it's rough. Um, the white one's actually my favorite. What? Oh, of course it is. Because <laughs> I like the fact that it's a cool dish versus the other one where it's like it's scalding hot and like you're just like a race of like will this burn my mouth before it falls apart you know uh you know yeah no surprise mine is the deep fried one and then steamed one because it also has one load of sauce on it that i could eat with other things and sauce is the best um (laughs) of course it's me Uh, but to a couple more um you know personal maybe some interesting questions um you know, what are some of your first memories of, you know, eating chicken? Um, you know, how did you eat that? It's weird. I was trying to think of when I first had chicken. Like, if I have a core first memory of having chicken the first time, and I don't. Like, chicken was, like, ubiquitously always there. There was always, like, a chicken dish in the house at some point in the week. Usually it was a roast chicken. I think my parents pretty much did a roast chicken. And then going to my grandparents... Might get a chicken. We might get like like a stuffed chicken on like a special event. You know, if we go to like some Chinese banquet, they might stuff it. But I don't really remember it. I do remember though that like whenever you made dumplings, there was chicken meat in it. But I think at my parents, for the most part, it was like weekly there was a roast chicken. Oh, whenever you made dumplings, there was chicken in it? Yeah, yeah, for like wontons, it was like chicken and pork. Oh, this was your My like grandparents son, yeah. making it? Yeah, the double cleaver. They chopped up the chicken themselves too? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it was like chicken and pork uh, as the basis for that. You didn't see, like, I, I don't really remember like whole chicken or even like chicken legs, in, you know, from my grandparents. Uh, although I will say... I do remember Shake and Bake. Yes. And Shake and Bake. Wait, sorry. Please tell, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what Shake and Bake is. Yeah, if you're not old enough to know what this is, it was literally what the name is. You put the meat in a bag, then you then added in this kind of seasoning batter, and then you just shook it. Obviously, you closed the bag, so it doesn't go everywhere. And then you take those, and you put them on a pan, and you bake it in the oven. It was like a battered version of like a deep fried chicken kind of batter without the deep frying it was good it was it was good how about you what was your what do you what do you do you have like core early memories of like oh what is this what is this white meat this is chicken well i mean um speaking of what is this white meat my i don't know if i was always like a human garbage disposal um but when i was younger i think I was known for my family liking like really overcooked dry white meat. Interesting. Right? Like the driest of we dry. We shared something in common. We both liked white meat growing up. But then as I got older, I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's not that it was white meat. It was the fact that it was dry. It was like overcooked. Uh, and I don't know if I was just trying to make my like family happy that I was eating the one thing that no one else really wanted. And they were like, oh, like, Lucky's such a good boy. Like, I'll, he'll eat the stuff that no one else wants or he actually likes it, right? Um, like I, I had purpose. Um, it sounds like though your parents were roasting the chicken, right? Uh, when it was that, I remember it was fried actually. Oh, okay, um, okay. So I would say I have a couple core memories to do with chicken, and the first one is probably 
um, my grandma's fried chicken. Mm. Um, you know, when it came to Christmas, um, did you say crispness? Crisp miss? No, Chris Christmas. Now you got me confused. <laughs> um, you know, Thanksgiving was turkey mm. for my family and many other families, but when Christmas came along, Christmas came along. Uh, uh, my family, on my mom's side, she, my grandma was known for making fried chicken. Oh, and we had it every year, and that was what I loved the most. And it was so good that my grandpa would always talk about, like, you know, our neighbors. Uh, when they had your grandma's fried chicken, they liked it so much that they always said you should open up a restaurant and make fried chicken. Um, he tells the story all the time. I don't know if they've had that fried chicken. The neighbors had it once twice or many times or if they ever had it i'm not really sure grandpa um but it definitely had like a history and, and like a like a like a, a a very secure spot in our our yearly um christmas dinner. she only make it like once a year she'd really only make it once a oh. year oh. and i guess a good question would be did she make this before they were engaged and did it cause them to get Engaged. Oh my gosh, I gotta go ask my grandpa that now. Uh, but yeah, the the chicken had a light amount of garlic and ginger in the batter, or okay, like it was okay. marinated with a little bit of ginger and garlic. And um, was it like a thick batter? It was a very then? thin batter. Okay, okay. Very thin batter. And um, yeah, I I always had pride that when people were like, "What do you eat for Christmas?" I was like, "I have fried chicken." Right. Like maybe some Chinese food, um, but also fried chicken. And even if it was Chinese fried chicken, I was like, "I had fried chicken." For Christmas dinner. What the heck? Did you get turkey? Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I fried chicken. So that was a core memory of mine. Another core memory, first memory of chicken for me was, and I didn't realize until you said it, but my mom essentially made makeshift shake and bake chicken. Like, um, essentially it was chicken thighs, and she would, um, <laughs> she would put it in flour, dredge it, uh, then put in an egg, and then she would dip it in breadcrumbs, like Italian seasoned breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And I knew this as butter chicken because uh, not the, not the you know, yeah. Indian dish, but because she would melt butter into the pan, like on the pan, and then she'd put the chicken on top of that, and then she'd take knobs of butter and put it on top of the chicken and then bake it. Oh, okay, okay. So, so it yeah, was, it is like a shake and bake. Right. Because she's not like sautéing it or deep frying, but she's setting up and then putting it in the oven to finish. And it was crispy. And I always was like, oh, I, I, if ever there was something stuck to the pan, I'd be like, please let me have yeah, yeah, that crusty yeah, yeah. piece that's there. Um, I, I, I mean, that was one of my favorite dishes. I can see you're salivating just I am. <laughs> I'm salivating hearing this because I'm like, that sounds amazing. Honestly, my mom asks me every year, like, oh, you know what? What can I make you for your birthday this year? Or what do you want? What do you want to do for your birthday? When you have this as an option, I usually pick steam stuff. You are correct, but I think are that you? this is actually a good option for the future because I, I think I thought about this last year. I was like, oh, I should ask for that butter chicken that my mom used to make, which is really just homemade shake and bake chicken. Yeah. Uh, so those are my kind of big core um, memories, uh, my first memories. Now, chicken, how is it that, you know, when you eat it, what do you appreciate about it? What is it that you really like about chicken? Or do you like chicken? I mean, you know. I like chicken. I would say for me, gosh, this is hard. It, it kind of comes down, I think, almost similar to the rice. I like the simple flavor of just chicken. Like, I know you can fancy it up, 
and I know you can get like a lot of like really strong kind of flavors that go with it. But for me, I like really like a simple kind of like chicken. So I really liked growing up when it was like the breast meat. Obviously, the skin was like amazing. I you know I want that skin to be super crispy if I can get it. But if I can't get it, I want like the chicken not to have like a lot of like odd flavors because I really like that kind of like that simple chicken flavor. And then when I have it in soup or poached, there's there's something I guess very comforting in like a really simple chicken broth. You know, I know there's salt in it, but like there's something really comforting in the smell and the taste of like a really simple chicken broth. And so for me, it, that comfort is like really central of like coming. I don't get that from like other meats when, when I cook it. I'm not, you know, knowing you, Brian, I feel like you like natural, like pure flavors as well. And I think that makes sense for like chicken stock, right? You like literally like extracting yeah, yeah. chicken flavor out of it. And I think a lot of times when people eat chicken soup, the chicken is almost like a secondary. Like yeah, you're not yeah. even eating the chicken. Sometimes you just throw out the chicken because you've extracted all the flavors into it itself. Because what you're trying to get is the flavor, not the actual like physical protein that right, you're eating. Right. So that does make sense. Um, How about you? Yeah, when I well, I guess what I appreciate about it, and it's kind of like the same. It's, it's like not a satisfying answer. It's the same reason that I gave for the pork episode, and it's because. In general, I appreciate chicken because it's cheaper. <laughs> like, I can afford chicken, right? Like I said, two. What, what are you comparing to? Like what? Like steak. Okay, yeah. Like beef. Like I barely, I barely ever eat beef. And if I eat beef, it's because I bought it at like you know burger at a restaurant. Yeah. Like I, I really cannot remember the last time I bought beef other than like ground beef or something for a barbecue with a lot of other people. Like it wasn't for myself. Right. I didn't on a Sunday. During meal prep for my week, I wasn't like, I'm going to get a humongous like roast or like a right, steak. Right. I'm like, I'm going to get a chicken because it's affordable. Whole chickens from Costco costs maybe like two two fifty a pound. And then if you poach it or even if you break it down, what you can do is – what I do is I'll, I'll poach the chicken. I'll take off all the actual meat and I'll leave the bones and I'll put them back inside and I'll – intensify this flavor then you have all this other meat i could take that and i could add flavoring to it or i can make chicken salad out of it um it's very versatile it's you could do so much of it because it's it's it i mean it is kind of at times like a blank canvas right like um it's not something that i would normally do you could do it like just eat chicken with like you know poached chicken with some salt on it but steak it's like how do people usually eat steak, right? You're like, oh, let's. I'm gonna sear it, put some salt on it, salt bay, right? That's all you need. Mm-hmm. But for chicken, you know, you can do it. But I mean, it's a plain canvas. I could do a lot to it afterwards and with it. Um, I love like the scallion ginger sauce mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. eat it with it. So um, I appreciate chicken mostly because it's affordability in my life. Um, I feel like you get full off of chicken in a different way than you would like. Um, a slice of like prime rib. I feel like when I get full off of slice of prime rib, you kind of get the feeling of like meat sweats. Yeah, You're like like fatty. Like oh gosh, I'm like yeah. Like there's like a film in your mouth from the the don't beef bother fat. me for the next three hours. Exactly, and you're like ah, oh, I can't think. But like even if you're full off of chicken, like it's a satisfying feel of full, but not like lethargy sits in unless sits in. it's deep fried. That is true. 
right. then you can basically rub it on the wall and see if a bird tries to fly through. Good, good reference. Yeah. If anyone gets that one, um, I thought that was also with a was that with a donut? Could have been, but just as an idea. Yeah. All right. So um, when you do eat chicken, Brian, do you use the? I mean, I, I feel like you kind of answered this already, but do you usually make it at home or do you buy it at a restaurant? You know, how, you know, where do you get it? So it, this is gonna be weird, but it depends on the part of the chicken. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, a whole chicken, I'm happy to poach at home, but I'm never really gonna be as successful roasting it so if i have to get a roast chicken you know that's something i'm gonna get outside of the house at home boston market yeah i don't think i've ever been there i was just kidding (laughs) um the costco rotisserie chicken i've got i've gotten the savory rotisserie chicken um which is better costco if you can get it okay um i've gotten like the rotisserie chickens that are at like sometimes the sunday kind of farmer's market where they have like the truck that drives up and the chickens are all lined up. Roly roly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but those are I find to me, and this is like me personally, like too salty. Like I can't enjoy it before like I it starts becoming too much work. Um fried chicken is also like one of those where it's like, I am not gonna make this at home. I know there's a lot of really great cooks out there who can make fried chicken at home. I know there's a lot of like cast iron pans out there. And, like, they say that's all you need, that and, like, but, like, the steps involved to make good fried chicken, which we'll cover in another episode, I, I just don't have the skill set to execute that. Um, I will cook some of the, like, the hearts or stuff, but oh. hearts and gizzard and the liver and the skin, I know, I've, I've bought and I've cooked, but I find, like, going out for that and getting it somewhere else generally is a little bit easier because there's just a mountain of like extra steps sometimes you have to do to like really highlight that part like getting fried chicken skin like just fried chicken skin best which you can buy in a bag like you can buy like fried pig skin but going through the process of drying it and then frying it i don't i don't have that even though i love it how about you yeah um honestly I've, I feel like I've tried to make chicken at always at home. I've done like, you know, um, chicken meatballs. I've done the chicken wings. I've done the fried chicken. I've done poached, roasted, pan seared, everything that you put sous vide, right? I even did the whole like um, take, break the chicken down, take all the bones out, but leave the chicken essentially. One you deboned the whole chicken. I deboned the whole chicken without breaking the skin and then you or breaking it? it apart. Yes. Then I stuffed it. Then I rolled it back together. And then I... Did you put in another bird? I put it... No, I did not make a turducken. But I did instead do a saran wrap and make it oh, into like... Oh, yes. A, like, like a log. A, like a roulade, essentially. Uh-huh. Or not... A roulade is not the right word. But... And then I, I sous vide it. Then I dredged it. And then I... And then I deep fried it, so it was crunchy. And like I, think oh, I had this. Did I have this? You had this. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did have this. Did you like meat glue? I I use meat to help. Yes, keep I did. it those because you made like basically medallions that you then fried, right? Yes, I made medallions that I fried, and it was perfectly cooked because it was sous vide before. It was crunching the outside. All the skin was there. It was had yeah. like um, cornstarch on it, so it got that really nice crisp to it. And I added like a Sichuan. 
like sauce. It was it was my like take on like a like the Sichuan spicy like you know almost like kind of drunken spicy chicken mm-hmm. or the sorry the mouth watering chicken. Yeah, um, I've done all that, and now that I'm lazy AF, I'm like I'm just gonna like poach it and like or like roast it. But if I'm really being honest, when I eat chicken, and when I want to eat chicken, it's out because and it is it's not super hard to do all this stuff but i'd rather just pay someone to do it now. yeah i'd rather just like and especially frying because when i when i fried chicken and i fry chicken for other people i'm either sitting in my own oil filth for like the next four hours because all that you know just the smell and all that stuff is, is on you it's in your hair it's on your clothing or i'm like okay this food's going to be lightly cold when I bring it somewhere else because I got to take a shower first because I don't feel like going to someone else's house with fried chicken and smelling like chicken for the next four hours. Like, like, uh, like can I sit on your couch? Like, no, you can't because you smell like fried chicken. Yeah, for anyone who makes you fried chicken, that's, that is a big sign, I think, of love because they are putting up with scalding heat, exploding hot oil, and it's not like it's one piece. A chicken breaks down, and you got like a lot of pieces, and you're doing all of these at different temperatures to get them done. And you're making it, and then like you said, you're kind of like just been assaulted by like fried oil, burnt oil, splattering oil, all this stuff, and you just like feel kind of like a level of ick. So anyone who makes you fried chicken, keep them in your life. It's a big sign of love, and I will be remiss. I know that there's a whole group of like rooters from 2016 who specifically requests you to fry chicken for them. Every time we hang out and there's going to be a dinner, it's like, Are you can make we the make fried chicken? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's delicious. Are you can make the fried chicken sandwich you made last time. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not how they sound. I'm just, that's the voice I give everyone that I do the impression of. So it's not a very good impression. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those like really, it's a step I think you do for other people. You do less so when it's just yourself because when it's just yourself, you're like, I'm not going to go through those steps if I don't either get to give it to somebody and they'll they'll really like it and I get it experience them enjoying it. Like just for yourself, you're like, I will pay someone to do that work for me and not having to do the cleanup. Right. You know, I would do that. And, you know, if they really, really love it, then maybe I'll do it. If not, actually, even if they really love it, I might not do it. Um, but maybe it's one of their their favorite dishes. And maybe yeah. that's why I would do it. Um, like, you only do it once a year if they ask for it on that birthday or Christmas. Christmas. Just or like, Christmas. Just like my grandma. So, Ryan, what are your then, like, top three chicken dishes? It was one my mom makes. That butter um, chicken? That butter chicken, which yeah, I guess ties with, and I can't not say because my grandma made it, but the fried chicken that she makes because it, it would be, like, a dishonor to my grandma to not put that in my top three. So top three at point five. The other two that uh, I'm going to put in for my top are when we were in Hong Kong in 2016 and 2019, and we went to this place that did Hainan chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And um, out in Hong Kong. Yeah. And it, it was it was just so good because it wasn't just eating the chicken itself. It was the experience of being at this place because they had these vats of um boiling water with chicken being poached in them and it was a continuous movement of you know poach put in like ice water 
hang up to dry and then cut them. And when they were butchering these, when they were breaking them apart, they're so, so fast, efficient. Um, sometimes I actually take a look at the videos and see if I could learn the technique from those <laughs> videos. It's so amazing. Uh, obviously, the chicken was... Just cook like a thousand chickens a week, and I, I'm pretty sure if you have to break that down, you'll figure it out. I could almost eat it all myself. We'll see. <laughs> but the um, the chicken itself is extremely moist, and it comes with like a couple sauces, like a, a like a chili sauce, a dark soy sauce, and sometimes it comes mm-hmm. also with like a scallion ginger sauce. So really, really good. Um, and the good thing about the sad thing about it is that they closed in 2019, right, Brian? Yeah. So yeah, they closed. We, when we had it then that second time or when I had the second time that was the last time I was going to lock get it. it in your memory bank also in my my photo bank there um, and the last time or the last on the list is also from a China trip is when we went um, in 2016 we were coming off the bus it was a rainy day and I don't even remember where we were exactly because I was tired <laughs> and all I remember is eating this one dish while we were at this um, restaurant in the rain and it was a salt baked chicken um, ridiculously moist, super, super flavorful. Uh, they pulled it apart for us rather than butchering it. They just kind of like took their. This isn't toys on then. I believe so. Okay. And it was amazingly good to the point that I remember I hoped to find it somewhere, anywhere in the states, um, that did it similarly. And we actually found a place that is close to similar to that. Uh, but it, it that memory. Is is I hold dear. I think the difference is the chickens there and the chickens here don't taste the same. Well, I, th- yes, that's true. That's part of it. I actually think that salt baked chickens, where they might have been doing it there, were wrapped with like a paper, like the a, wax paper. Yeah. It's so salt baked chickens. One of them, I think the other way that people call it is like baker's chicken, uh, unless it's not the same dish. But baker's chicken is like they take they wrap it in like some kind of. Um, like paper, and then maybe salt. I'm not really sure. But then they, they put clay around it, and then they bake it that way. It's like insulated. Yes, and it keeps all the moisture. And I, I think it's almost like its own pressure cooker. And it's right around the chicken itself, so all the flavor is compacted. It was so good. Um, yeah, those are my top three. Brian, what, what are yours? I really, I think, have strong childhood memories of it. I My grandfather used to make like a poached chicken, and he would cut it while it was cold. And somehow, between the skin and the meat, there was always that, like, chicken jelly would form. Mm, chicken jelly. Mm. And I don't know how he did it. I I still, to this day, try to make it. Uh, and I make poached chicken fairly often. But I don't know how he managed to get it so that when you cut it and you 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 ate the piece, like, you had, like, the meat and then a really thin layer of, like, jelly and then this like taunt skin that wasn't like rubbery um so there's that one and then oh wait sorry quick <clears throat> was this your chinese side or your yeah, yeah, chinese yeah, side? yeah okay and then my parents used to do like a baked slash roast chicken every maybe other week or so wow. um and i remember getting it and then being very very particular because my dad would carve it but being very particular of making sure that when he carved the chicken and put it on the plate, he didn't like just throw it on the plate and get it where the skin was under the meat. 
because the skin was crispy. And that's the one thing you don't get when you get like the Costco rotisserie chickens is like you don't get a crispy, dry skin. And I really, really love like that crispy, like almost like chicken skin, you know, chip kind of crunch flavor. Um, so there was definitely that. And um, the last one, when I did Outdoor Ed, I remember we had one meal, like a dinner, where it was like a barbecued chicken thigh. And it had to have been the best tasting like chicken maybe that I've ever had. Like it was a dry barbecue. So there wasn't like a sauce on it when they when they did it. So you still had this kind of almost like jerky form in the meat, you know, when it kind of dries out at the edge where it's a little bit tough, but the inside was still moist. And then like when they served it, you know, you had like barbecue sauce you could add or, or you know, we were kids. So they probably gave us like ketchup as as well. But I really remember like we could get as much as we want and having like three of those. And this was like fourth grade. So like just going to absolute town and getting it. And to this day, like if someone grills chicken, generally that's one of my most favorite things that I'm going to have, which also means like high chance for disappointment when it gets done wrong. And it's like over seasoned and too kind of weird and like the texture is just completely like unappealing but when it's done well very very happy and impressed i was about to say uh does this mean that your expectations are always going to be higher yes and therefore beware to all those have you have you seen have you seen amelie i have not okay so in amelie there's an opening where it's like the other people that are kind of like in the story and one guy is there and the first thing he goes for are the oysters on the chicken. Like he he has a roast chicken and he kind of flips it and he goes in and he just grabs the oysters. Like That's that's a pro move. Right? That's a pro move. And, you know, for me it's like okay, having like a roast chicken it's bold, I think if you're going to present a roast chicken. Like everyone thinks you're going to do like oh, that's so simple. But if you pull off, I think a roast chicken where you get to eat that crispy skin there's no way you're not happy. Your guests are never going to be like, oh, no, I have to eat like crunchy chicken skin. Yeah, you can't buy that kind of experience, I think, easily at a restaurant. So it also, like for me, it kind of reinforces the idea of like the timing. Like, you know, there's a there's a really small shelf life in which this is peak. Like get to the table, wash your hands, you know, have the plates out, make sure the plates aren't like, super cold get the other stuff on it have the chicken coming out people are ready to eat not like oh i finished the chicken and i let it rest for like you know five minutes and then like you don't eat it for like another hour like at that point i would probably you know it's funny because well sorry when i asked that question it it wasn't about the roast chicken it was about the grilled chicken because that's what the last example was it's interesting because i i feel like roast chicken is readily available to a lot of people it's at so many different grocery stores whole foods like whole food roast chickens a thing um like you said costco roast chickens a thing so everyone's had it and there are places that specialize in it and a lot of like i think we talked about this sometime but it's um you know thomas keller has his his yeah. roast chicken uh, recipes online so it's it's high class and we talked about that earlier but grilled chicken like just grilled on a on a, like a you know, July 4th grilled chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I I don't normally think of that as, like, 
oh man, special kind of. Um, oh yeah, s- special chicken high expectations. Like this better be really great g- grilled chicken, or else like I'm like boo you. Uh, oh no, yeah, I I'm have. Surprised yeah, that- yeah. So like, if you have like a barbecue and you're gonna barbecue chicken, you know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, this chicken's terrible. I'm gonna be like, this chicken's good, but I've had better. And I'm gonna compare it to that, obviously, when I eat it, because I have that such a core memory, and it's like, oh, are we on par with this? Because if we are. I really am going to start like talking to you a lot more being like, how did you make this? What did you do? What, what, what's going on here? Like how much did you monitor? What was the heat? Was this offset? Did you use gas? Was this wood coals? What kind of wood, you know, how did you prep it? Did you marinate? Did you, you know, what did you do to get this to happen? Because I think so often we get, okay, grilled chicken. All right, well, duly noted. Uh, if I ever make a grilled chicken, I'm going to have to prep really hard and like, I'm going to brine the chicken first. I'm going to, like, dry the chicken out overnight um, so that the skin – it's, like, it's not wet when it goes on the grill. It's going to be, like, extremely high temperature as it hits it. I'm going to – man, I'm, I'm going to salt it well, but not oversalt it because I know that – No, I think I think what you should just do stomach. is um, make it to the best of your ability. And if it hits that, then – and, you, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be good. It's just you're competing with, like – a very early memory that's hard to like it hasn't been knocked out yet challenge since fourth grade accept that but i mean what i wanted i do want to say our you know our last question is is chicken bougie or basic but before we go over that i i want to say yeah the start of this was kind of short you know the history of chicken and it was like what else do we need to say it's chicken right and I think some people might look at chicken as like the boring protein, right? It's like, oh, like chicken, whatever. It's either fried or it's something else. Um, it's not boring and it's not bad. And I, I love chicken. And, you know, I, I feel like if anyone doesn't like chicken, I'm like, why? Like you're doing a bad disservice. You got to have some other chicken items. You got to go out there and get it because um, – it's good. You just got to find the right places that to sell it or you got to make it right at home, you know? Learn how to make some chicken. Uh, okay, last thing. Chicken. Is it bougie or basic? God, it's really tough. Normally, this is a very easy answer. Mine, mine feels so easy, bro. Really? Yeah. All right, I'll let you go first then because then I'm going to explain mine and I don't want to like taint your, your simple answer that you already have, which I do not have that luxury. Yes, I'm buying time. I feel like it's basic. Really? Okay. I feel Why? like it's basic. Why do you... well, it's basic for two. It's basic for everything like, you just said. <laughs> everything I like. Yeah. Honestly, I just kind of introed or like prequel to this. Um, but for the both, maybe ways you see basic, like basic as in like it's very simple and easy. Basic. It's kind of around. It's inexpensive kind of basic. But it's also just kind of like it's everywhere. Like chicken's basic, right? It's basic. That, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that like describes it, but it's the the vibe of how I said that, okay, which okay. is how you should take it. Sure, sure. I I see it in the sense, and the reason I can't decide is I see it in the sense that chicken is everywhere. It's like the default setting when you have kids, because you know it's not going to throw the kid into like a fits of hysteria. It's very familiar. They'll eat it. That's true. You can order it almost everywhere. Everywhere that there's an option for food, there's chicken. You go to a steakhouse. What's their alternative? There's always chicken. Oh, okay, got it. Right? You go to a wedding. <laughs> there's just always chicken. That's as like an alternative. It's yeah. like everywhere. You see it in every single culture. There's like chicken. 
So in that sense, basic. It's basic. Yeah. And the best way I can cook it is a very basic way. That being said, okay. There are so many places that you can get chicken, where it's such a complicated and super technical thing. Like there's so much depth that can go into just like a poached chicken, Heinie's chicken, like you said. There's skill that comes into this. There are people who have like mad skills at like frying chicken. They have people who have really complicated recipes at like roasting a chicken. I mean, you look at like French Laundry and Zuni Cafe. Like yeah. they've taken f- like a roast chicken. Elevated. Elevated. Yeah. But would you say that a roast chicken from French Laundry or Zuni Cafe and you put it on and, and you put like a Costco roast chicken, like are you saying one's inferior because one is more easily accessible? No, they're both like fantastic. So that's why I think it's really hard to say that bougie or basic because you can take it to a really high level. That it's okay. That, that makes it really hard for me to pick because like every single time I can pick a basic one, I can pick a bougie one. Every bougie one, I can pick a basic form that is delicious. That's true. I mean, I, it's interesting because I, I get where you're going with that. And I, I know we don't need to argue our points with this. Like there are our own opinions. Um but it's. It, I just want to say that usually when chicken becomes super bougie, the price point goes along with it. Yeah, that's right? true. Like you're not gonna have like I did like twenty steps for this chicken and I give it give it to you for four ninety nine. Like it's like wow, this dude, the Zuni Cafe chicken is like what fifty bucks for a chicken and potatoes and salad. That's an expensive chicken. It is, but right? it's delicious. Like um. The, I'm not. I don't even know how much the chicken costs at Thomas Keller's, you know, restaurant. But I'm sure it's crazy expensive because he does like online classes on how to make it. Yeah. Right. Like it's like if you know how to make a chicken, I'm like some percentage of the world knows how to make it because they saw Thomas Keller making it. They're like, you gotta get it from the source, right? But it's hard for me to buy it at that price, right? Like, yes, it can be bougie, but I think normally people would eat it basic. And that's why I see it as a basic thing. Because um, when it gets bougie, I'm like, all right, $50 chicken or $50 piece of prime rib. I'm like, I'm going for the prime rib, Brian. <laughs> Give me the house of prime rib. Hopper, let's go. Yeah, I would not go to Hopper and get chicken, but I would go to oh, – that's weird because I, I would go to Zuni Cafe and I would get the chicken and I would get the burger. So it's it's I, I think it's contextual, right? If you're in Japan, you're going to get yakitori because – Oh, man, you're right. And that's not expensive, but it's also like when you're in Japan, you're probably also going to get like McDonald's chicken because you're like, it's different. It's different. How is it different? How is this not something I can get at home? Like, it's just so accessible. Oh, uh, maybe it's okay. Maybe in that sense, I'll say it's it's basic because it is super accessible and so many delicious varieties. And we'll save it for not being bougie. We'll say <laughs> I will say this though, and when you said it was expensive, and you brought yakitori, there's a restaurant in San Francisco that does yakitori. It's a yakitori like you know set meal omakase. It is I I want to say it's like twelve skewers, and it's a hundred twenty five dollars at minimum. That's before like you know tax and tip, so it's like a hundred fifty bucks plus for like that chicken, and it's it's chicken, right? It's mm-hmm. a chicken, even if this is like jidori. Know, Mary's, whatever expensive chicken breed brand you have out there, um, you know, wherever you're getting it from, it is 150 bucks for not a whole chicken, 
but small pieces. It's it's like the the technique and the skill to get yeah, everything I at think, its best. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Maybe the the item itself is affordable. Is basic, but, but the, the, the way you make it, the skill, and that you're paying for the the training and the technique and the execution does make it. That's what makes it bougie. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna wait to get that yakitori when I go to Japan because it's gonna be a whole hell of a lot cheaper than 150 bucks, man. Um. But in any case, thank you guys. Uh, this was a really great episode. I enjoy talking about chicken, even though it's not fried chicken, which is going to be sometime in the future. Um, but yes, thank you everybody who was listening. We are hungry and ready to eat. This was our, yes, chicken episode. And wherever you are um, and wherever you listen to podcasts, please follow us and give us a like. Thank you guys. Someone was like, I want to propose. I'm going to propose to you, Ryan. Like,